Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com slash hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. As an agribusiness expert with Alliant Energy and a farmer, I know how important it is to get the most out of your land. I know that also applies to getting the most out of how your farm uses energy. That's why Alliant Energy offers free farm energy assessments. With a farm energy assessment, someone like me will find all kinds of ways to help you save money and energy. We can even connect you with rebates to help make energy equipment upgrades even more affordable. Schedule your free assessment at AlliantEnergy.com slash Farm Energy Assessment. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at MileHighHuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we're live. Man, that took us a Oh, we got to let the stream breathe just for a couple of seconds. You guys know the drill. Welcome in to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime. You know him. You love him. He's my fellow football priest. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, I want to show our audience, because I'm sure there's a good chunk of them who have not seen this. But did you get a chance? Of course, Jerry Judy announced, uh, has agreed to terms with the Broncos. He's locked in, can start training camp, went in today to get the swab and get the first test out of the way and whatnot. But he announced his his signing in probably one of the most unique ways I've ever seen a rookie do so. And it was by by way of a, I would, I would argue for a lot of fans, a goosebump inducing hype video. It moved, Chad. That's all I can say. It moved. I'll keep it very PG. I'll leave it at that. But it was a very excitable <laughs> video. I'm going to show and you guys this video. Okay. Um, bear with me one second. Because if you haven't seen it, like especially if you don't use Twitter a lot or if you're more, mostly a Facebook viewer or even a YouTube viewer, you might not have seen this. So let me pull this thing up because it's – hopefully you guys read the article at milehighhuddle.com and, and watched the video there. But just for the sake of posterity to ensure you miss nothing on this show, it is the most comprehensive Broncos podcast on the planet Earth. We want to grab this for you. Bear with me one second. Let me pull it up. This is Jerry Judy doing it the right way. It's just phenomenal. Here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. There you go. We've agreed to turn. Yes, sir. All right. That's so cool. Look at that. I don't know if you can see that. Actual goosebumps on my arm right now. It's just, yeah, I mean, 
people like, oh, clickbait headline. It's not clickbait. Like that's legit. I've I've felt myself getting excited watching it, and I'm pretty desensitized as someone that covers Broncos and cranks out multiple articles a day and videos and podcasts. What I love about that, Zach, is not only is he doing it the right way, but there's almost some cojones there because he's putting himself on a level. Now, of course, he's a first-round pick, but he's putting himself on a level with the all-time great Broncos. I love how he incorporated the Broncos history in that. Terrell Davis's salute, John Elway's best moments. He's already embracing the Broncos culture. And not to derail the conversation, but you look at in comparison to someone like Melvin Gordon, who's still watching Chargers highlights and still very much invested in the Chargers organization. Jerry Judy, though, what more could you could you ask for already based on him having no practice time this offseason? He hasn't even been in the facility chat for anything noteworthy, yet he's posted workout videos, route running videos, and every single one has built up more and more hype. I love the originality in this. I love the concept and I love how he's embracing the Broncos heritage and also their future. The legacy is alive, baby. And Jerry Judy is going to help keep it alive. And I honestly don't think, you know, a lot of times you see these type of, we'll just say this type of kind of media and you realize, you know, Broncos PR slapped this together for him and said, here, upload this to your Twitter. In this case, I really don't think that's how it shook out. In this case, I think Jerry Judy, maybe his representatives, Either way, the Judy camp conceived this, and it was just very unique, and we tip our cap to him. But today's podcast, as you guys know, it's the Mile High Mailbag. It's our favorite podcast of the week because we are your football priests each and every week. We're here to offer you the absolution and the answers to your burning Broncos questions, and it really is our favorite pod because we get a chance to hear what's on your mind. I mean, not that we don't talk to you guys and take your questions and your super chats during every podcast, but this one is uniquely focused on you guys. Now, depending on how much time we get, we can talk about the 10 questions the Broncos have to answer on the doorstep of training camp uh, that I published today. We can get some Zach's feedback on some of these issues that I pose. Um, but first, we got to get to your questions. And before we do that, Zach, we got to Handle some quick matters of business, guys. Make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. While you're at it, follow the mother account, at MileHighHuddle. If you got those two checked on Twitter, you're not going to miss any programming news, any polls, any giveaways as it relates to the podcast, and you won't miss any breaking Broncos news and analysis. And then a gentle reminder for those of you who hopefully got the memo that if you want a chance to attend an NFL game this year, you're going to have to mask up. And if you want to mask up in style, you got to go to huddleuppod.com, get your swag on, get yourself a mile high huddle face mask. What's cool about our face masks is that while they might not be the most ideal for like the depths of summer where it's a hundred degrees or wherever you might be, it's perfect for football season. Okay. By the time you get to cooler weather games and you start getting into cold weather and elements, you want a face mask that not only covers you and keeps you safe, it's going to give you a little warming effect as well. And that's what these type of face mask neck gaiters are. So go get yourself one of those or get a hat or get a shirt, get a hoodie, a mug. There's tank tops, little something for everybody, male, female. Check that out if you're in a position to do so. And if not, gang, no matter how you're listening to this podcast, whether you're with us live or listening after the fact on demand, each and every one of you can do these three simple things. Number one, wherever you're listening, make sure you're subscribed. Number two, like this video, like this podcast episode. And if you really want to help us out, you really want to help us continue to grow and reach new listeners and like-minded Broncos fans just like you, share it out there on your social media, on your Facebook, on your Twitter, and help us grow and reach a new audience. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. 
As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. All right, Zach, let me get that graphic off and let's start tonight's podcast. Very active already on Super Chat. We'll get to those here in just a second. Goodness gracious. We got to talk Mark Langley, who is bona fide superstar. You guys know, most of you, you know him and we all love him. Jumping in, $5 super. Thank, Thank you, Mark, you, my friend. And yes, I woke up to a very unique text from Mark today um, that was showing <laughs> him <laughs> making some jokes uh, at his at his uh, place of employment in which he was getting a, uh, a temperature check, right? His safety protocols, and he made some made me laugh. Anyway, made Zach and I both laugh. Yes, I did show Zach. I did show John. He says, what's up, my guys? Chad, make sure you tell Zach and Broncos community about the video I sent you. This is taking place at all <laughs> jobs, temperature, head check. So, yeah, I mean, better safe than sorry, I guess. But, you know, thank you, Mark. You know, we appreciate you, bro, and hope you're doing well down there in Georgia, my friend. All right, let me see here. Want to welcome in those of you who are hanging out in the room before we went live. Red John, it's good to see you, my friend. We got Eclipse in the house. It was great to talk to Eclipse last night. Awesome. What's up, guys? Uh, William, what's going on, you guys? Thanks for joining us. Terry's in the house. Talon's in the hizzy. It's a uh, who's who of MHH community. The, Big the wizards in there, Chad. Yeah, Miller707. It's good to see you guys. Zach, unless I miss my mark, before we went live, I didn't – as far as I know, K.J. Hamler remains the only Broncos rookie unsigned yeah. unless I missed something breaking literally right as we were setting up the stream. Is that a I, big deal to you at this stage? It seems a fait accompli at this point. Yeah, you mean you got your first-round wide receiver taken care of. What's a second-round wide receiver? So unless he's holding out for an exorbitant contract or trying to get some offset money, there should be no hitch in this uh, process. Chad, he will get signed with the next – 24 to 36 hours. I'm not concerned in the slightest. Yeah, it's nothing to worry about. I was told this morning from someone that I trust that they were expecting it to be done today. Well, we're sitting here at 6.30 on Thursday, and he probably showed up and got his test. My guess is it will be done long before his cleats have to hit the grass on Monday. So, well, technically, we don't know if cleats are going to really hit the grass, Zach, because they're going to be doing those 18 days of conditioning to open up camp once it gets started. But either way, he'll be able to get in the building fully under contract, locked in, ready to go. And Darian, we concur. Eclipse absolutely crushed it on the podcast last night. Uh, Big E here says, I didn't catch the live show last night, but I did get to watch it after uh, it went off, and you've done a great job. I agree. Both of us do agree. It was absolutely a awesome, blast. Oh, we just had a jump. Bear with me one second, gang. I got to I got to scroll to the very top and grab our friend Mr. Boggins, a bona fide superstar. And by the way, he just produced a new intro. 
for the Mile High Insiders podcast that live streams every Saturday night. And then, you know, the RSS feed, the subscribers get to listen to it on demand by that evening and then Sunday. He just produced a new intro for that podcast, and we're looking forward to debuting that for you guys Saturday night. So thanks for what you do for us, Mr. Boggins. He says, do you think that roster depth will be more important as ever with new NFL precautionary guidelines since potential for quarantine players will most likely be a thing? Also, how are you guys doing? Hashtag mile high salute right Pretty back after my dog. Um, look, first of all, we're doing great. We're, we're rocking and rolling. We're just excited that camp's about to start. It's finally here. But as far as the roster depth, they are currently negotiating an expanded uh, last I checked anyway, sometimes this, this information moves so quickly right now, but last I checked, Zach, the NFL and the NFLPA were negotiating an expanded practice squad. We know it jumped from, from 10 to 12 with the new CBA, but the last I heard is they were thinking 16. They were talking six, uh, 16 player practice squad, Zach. I don't know how it's officially going to shake out, but it's, yeah, I mean, the better depth you have, the better off you're going to be. I've heard some like in, um, who was it? I think it was Bruce Arians. You know, he's thinking outside the box a little bit. And in terms of worrying about like if one player gets it and it's a quarterback, good chance that the players in the room will have been exposed. And if they've been exposed, there's a good chance one or two of them or whoever might also get it. And then all of a sudden you're wiped out. Every quarterback going into a matchup is in, in quarantine. What do you do? And his answer for that, Zach, is you got one quarterback who is always partitioned away in quarantine from the team period all the time. Hmm. So that if something like that did happen, you know, in this case, it's the backup or the guy you would expect to go in if Tom Brady goes down or something like that is just never exposed to the team until and unless he has to play. What are your thoughts? It's a really good idea in theory, but in practicality, Chad, you'd have to find that one quarterback who you feel can carry the team. And then, you know, you have to hope he's not the one who gets it or the starting quarterback on the team. But if the only Broncos are left with Brett Rippey and as the lone quarterback, how much confidence are we going to have in him, you know, having success with the Broncos in, in 2020? I don't know how it's going to work out. All I can say is roster depth is always important, regardless of the year, regardless of what's going on. Uh, the Broncos are well stocked in certain positions uh, and they're not in other positions. It scares me still. CV or no CV, the offensive line depth, the cornerback depth, the safety depth. I prefer to have some veterans in there, but we can't, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know who's going to get it, who's not going to get it. It's all going to be like an injury, like any other injury. If someone tears an Achilles, you can't predict that. You can't project that. It just happens, and you have to roll with the punches. So expanded rosters, expanded practice squads, having unlimited amount of call-ups, in the regular season, not yeah. limited to two or three. I think yeah. that could be a possibility. But Bruce Arians, it's, it's definitely outside the box. It's just not very – everything would have to go a certain way, a break a certain way. And how often does that happen, Chad? Never. I'll tell you I'll tell you what, though. Like, it's a concern. We're worried about it happening. But seeing – I don't know if you guys caught this. And if you've missed it, go to milehighhuddle.com in the community section. I, I posted this video from the Broncos. I would play it for you now, but it's A, it's a little bit long, and B – because the Broncos have already published it on YouTube, I don't want to worry about any copyright issues while we're streaming live. So go check it out, milehighhuddle.com. Click on the community. You'll see it. This video, Zach, follows Bradley Chubb as he checks in this morning, and it is just unbelievable the protocols and precautions that are in place. Like yeah. Brittany Bolin, it smacks of extreme competency. Like this woman who was in charge of basically restructuring the whole building in order to accommodate for testing and for safety protocols and the whole nine yards, it is extremely impressive. 
And it gives me faith and some peace of mind, Zach, that I'm not as worried about there suddenly being a rash of infection. However, the caveat is this, because I think the team will be able to catch it, isolate it really quick if and when it does happen. The caveat, however, Zach, is these young players, look, we all know what it was like as a 22, 23, 24-year-old single man, those of us who've been in that position before. You want to go out at night. You want to hit the club. You want to go out and meet people. You want to meet girls, whole nine yards. These pros, for the sake of that fat paycheck and for the sake of the this, this stakes that are at you know, for the, for the NFL, for the team, they got to stay home this year. They can't go out and expose themselves to social situations in which they're likely to be exposed to the bug. So as long as these players are responsible, hold each other accountable, you know, the team is going to be hammering home that message on a daily basis about don't go out, stay home. You know, it's just going to be a boring year for these guys, but if they really commit and jump in with both feet, Zach, they have a chance to have a very productive season because they can cut out all distractions, focus only on football. And I think where you literally, there was a a stretch there where we weren't sure if there was going to be a football season, the players included, I think maybe some of them will be a lot more willing to jump in with both feet and limit going out to clubs and be a lot more socially responsible to use that phrase because they're going to appreciate what they have a little bit more this year. Uh, first of all, you can see why Brittany Bowen is kind of the heir of heir apparent to take over the Broncos, and he she's the, the you know in the running to become the owner for Pat Bowen, you know to, to succeed him. Uh, second of all, the Broncos were one of the first teams in the NFL because the NFL left it up to the jurisdiction of each and every individual team to have a a protocol plan in place to battle CV or to quarantine, and the Broncos were approved among the first entrance into that program. So the Broncos are always ahead of the game and it's encouraging. They have good leadership. They have good structure in place. They have a no BS head coach in Vic Fangio's and to keep the ship together. It's just a little naive to think that 60 players, for example, 70 players, there's not going to be one of those who breaks the the social code and goes out and goes clubbing or goes out and goes to a bar. And then all it takes is one chat, not pushing fear. I'm not pushing paranoia. All it takes is one guy to come back into that locker room. And, you know, he's tested this and that can spread from there. So it's like everything else. If you have strong leadership in coaching staff and the players in the locker room, you're going to be better off. And if you don't, if you have an immature locker room or a player's coach, you're going to be you know, risking unwanted circumstances. Miller 707 was superstar in our community jumping in. Really appreciate you, my friend. He just says here, just wanted to show some love. Thank you, Chad and Zach for your time and effort. Hashtag simply the best. You're very sweet. Miller 707. You are an OG in this community and we appreciate you, my friend. But Zach, to that point, I really suggest if anyone, if you guys haven't checked out this video, it's actually quite reassuring And it'll boost your confidence that this season can go off without a hitch, relatively speaking, if the players stay disciplined. And the one thing is they're testing daily. So if if I'm Bradley Chubb and I show up today to report, they do the nasal swab, they test me, they do the whole nine yards. Then I go home today, tomorrow, uh, Friday and Saturday, and I self-isolate. Okay, I can't go out. I have to stay home. Then I come back Sunday for the second test. Then I go back home, self-isolate. If that test comes back negative, I'm good to go to show up Monday morning. But guess what? I'm still going to get tested every single day I walk through that building. That's encouraging. Here's where it gets a little bit concerning. It takes about 24 hours, and you learn this in the video, for the test to come back. So if you are exposed and you do carry it and you don't feel sick, you have no symptoms, no temperature, because they temperature check them, they do 
all kinds of cool sterilization of, of their phone and stuff like with UV lighters. It's very high tech, very comprehensive what Brittany Bowen did here. But nevertheless, it takes 24 hours Zach, for that test to come back. So in theory, if you have been exposed, you've got a whole day that you could be exposing your position group, which is why they also went to great length to create social distancing within the building. So in the meeting rooms, they're separated by social distance guidelines. So the six feet in the locker room, they're separated. The showers are separated now. So they really have tried to think around each and every curve. There's no accounting for, you know, just random twists right. of fate. But I really do think that the the Broncos especially did a good job of basically being mitigating the risk as far down as you can possibly go without right. just shutting the whole thing down. The Broncos have done an excellent job, and they've done everything in their power, Chad, humanly possible, to curtail the the CV issue and to keep the players healthy and the coaching staff healthy and the equipment people healthy, everyone in the building healthy. Um, but it is the invisible enemy, as we all know, and all it takes is one little infection, and then the entire thing is spoiled. I agree with you. I think the season will go off without a hitch, but will it end without a hitch? Is there going to be an interruption? Is there going to be a pause in play? Is there going to be a team that comes down with a huge surge in case and it just becomes a pandemic within the NFL? That's what I'm worried about. And I don't have a, uh, any doubt in my mind. We're going to see football in week one. After that, though, depending on how the rest of the teams in the NFL curtail the issue and, and the protocols they put in place, I'll, I'll wait and see. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. Last spring, you chose hard-working seed, but did it work as hard as you did? At NK Seeds, we know that all the time, all the effort, comes down to this. All that matters now is yield and how the seed perform on your acre. Because you can't fake performance. And bushels don't lie. Local results coming soon. Visit nkseeds.com harvest. Man, hopefully the Broncos, which, you know, they got their plan approved by the NFL and the NFL was impressed with what the Broncos did. I know the state of Colorado, the health department was impressed with what the Broncos did, the measures and protocols they put in place. But if there's any team out there in doubt on which way to do this thing, I mean, look at what Brittany Bowen did. You guys go check out that video. And I'm telling you, you will take encouragement. Again, it's not there's no perfect way to eliminate risk. We take risk the second we walk out the door every single day jump in a car, go for a jog around the block. We take our lives into our own hands in that sense. So there's no perfectly, you know, there's no the perfect safety measure, but as far as mitigating it down, it's very comprehensive. Eclipse jumping in, there showing is. extreme generosity, big time member of the community. It was so Thank fun you. to talk to you last night, my friend. The Philly OG. Really, <laughs> definitely, definitely indeed. We really appreciate you. Hopefully you immediately got off the podcast last night and went and watched Silver Linings Playbook. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but check it out. Don't forget. Happy Thursday, Priests and Broncos country. I love being on the other side with you guys. It was awesome.
I appreciate the opportunity and thanks to the Broncos family for all the love and encouragement. Hashtag state of being. And he created a new hashtag. We're going to have to find a way to do this. The MHHUN because he called us the, the UN of Broncos country, which I thought was very sweet. I loved it. We're going to have to figure out a way to, you know, create a real hashtag around that. But thank you, Eclipse. Very cool. Appreciate you. Um, Mondungus continues his streak of just the wizard. absolute just blowing our minds wow. uh, generosity and support for the channel and the podcast. We love you, bro. We appreciate you more than we can say. He says, you guys should have Judy make you a hype intro video <laughs> for the pod. I, I want to see so cool. Zach and Chad showing off the footwork. Yeah. See me blowing an Achilles. That's what <laughs> you don't want to, you don't want to see that. You definitely don't want to see that. That's why we cover it. We're not on the field. Yeah. I mean, Maybe back in the day, dude, but I've I've seen too many summers. You know what I'm saying? I'm on the I'm on the wrong side of 40. But yeah, thank you, my friend. Appreciate you. And uh I like using this as an opportunity that to remind our listeners in the community that if you do have a brick and mortar shop or uh, a business entity that needs a little plug, a little help from the pod from MHH, let us know. We're happy to help you out because it's been some dark times this last uh Three and a half, four months in these United States. We got Zeus McZeus just showing also amazing generosity. We love you, bro. And hey, I don't know about you, but we I haven't I haven't been able to connect with Stu this week, and I really need to. I'm gonna be doing literally nothing tomorrow other than throwing up a few articles and some videos. If you got time, let me know. I need to hook up with you, dude, because I was just talking to my wife about this last night. We need to make some changes to our uh, our internet. And this time I want to do it for the last time. I want to make sure it's 100% the best thing. And I know you've got the answer. He says, you guys rock. I mean, this whole pod family talking to everybody. Thank you all. Zach, he's just, he's just as he's been consistent since we started doing these live streams. Like it's, if he's in the stream, he's showing love. He's, he's on super chat and it just means the world to us. I want to thank Stu for a second. Stu, thank you so, so much. You're up there, right in the heavens. That's why you're Zeus Big Peak. I see through the clouds. Thank you so much, Stu. It's uh, it's unspeakable how amazing you are and how consistent you are. You are the man, my friend. Um, we've got from Glenn. Yeah, he has not signed. KJ Hamler has not signed quite yet, but it's nothing to worry about. It really isn't. I don't know. Again, these contracts, Zach, they're slotted. There are only a few points that you could really even have any legal right to negotiate around. And so I should say legal prerogative to to negotiate around. I don't know what might be holding this up. It could simply be a process situation where the Broncos have done a flurry of contracts over the last three business days where they just, you know, they got to wait for paperwork to process or something. But he's going to be signed well before Monday. Book that. Something that stood out to me too is sometimes the holdup is the players that are in back of them or in front of them haven't signed yet. So I don't know the player that was selected behind Hamler in front of Hamler if they've signed, but even guys like Joe Burrow, the number one overall pick, he doesn't have a contract yet. It, it takes it's a formality, but it is still a negotiation between player and team. It's it's no worry though; it will get done. This really, uh, wow! This is very uh, moving to me. Very just like. Uh, I've gotten to know Zach a little bit. I'm not going to say that I know him, you know, perfectly well, but over the last couple of months, just being connected on social media and stuff, I've gotten to know him and um, he's a very inspirational human being. And 
you guys will get a chance to see what I mean when we eventually have him on the show. At some point in August, he'll be on the show. We'll, maybe we need to release a schedule or something so people know and get all those ducks in a row. But, Zach, just want you to know that you are a very big part of this community. We love having you as a part of the MHH family. And you you just, you just don't have to do this. We want you to know we're not going to ask you to show this kind of this generosity to the pod. We, we love it. It means everything to us. But I just want you to know, we don't want you to feel like you've, you've got to do that. It means, I'm not trying to minimize what you're doing because it means everything to us. But I just know what you're striving for with your little business that you got cooking with the web design and whatnot. And we just want the best for you. If you guys need something designed on the web, this is your guy right here. Zach's Web Design. He says, I just wanted to share the love for the best pod out there. I'm just pumped up for this season because you guys are giving us the best information out there. Thank you for creating the best football family out there. Hashtag 11 and 5 season. Hashtag we the best. Love Coward it, boys. Thank you so much, Zach. It's, uh, again, unspeakably amazing. And you've been so supportive and so encouraging. And we'll always help your business out. And I echo what Chad said. Your story is insp- inspiring, is motivating. And uh, we appreciate each and every opportunity we have to interact with you. So thank you so much. I don't know what it is about this week, Zach, because the outpouring has just Jeez. been – it's just been moving. I don't know what else to say. Like, it's just unbelievable. And Mandungus, this is, he he already showed serious generosity. I mean, an inordinately generous super chat in this podcast already just a few minutes ago. And here he is again, just, it blows our mind, my friend. I, I, we really appreciate you. And, you know, looking forward to this season. It's going to be a gas talking about this stuff with you and the entire community. He says, well, since everyone else is throwing out the hundos, what was your favorite Broncos Super Bowl winning team? The 97, 98, or 15? Look, I'm biased because I grew up with John Elway posters on my wall. Okay, so 97, it felt like the Broncos were one of those, that they were the Buffalo Bills, just destined to be close but no cigar. And I tell this story to remind people, you know, John Elway's own mother, when he made it to Super Bowl 32 that year against the Packers, the 97 season, Super Bowl took place in 98, but the 97 season, his own mother was just so anxious because she almost didn't want it to happen because she couldn't take the disappointment and the ridicule and the embarrassment of another loss. Because at that point, I mean, Elway was known as the guy that could just not win the big one. He was 0 for 3 in the Super Bowl. As a franchise, the Broncos were 0 and 4 in the Super Bowl. So, you know, and I understand that mentality. Like I, I can put myself in her shoes and, and understand as a parent, like I don't want my child to hurt again. I don't want them to be humiliated in their own mind again. But he triumphed. And that moment, Zach, was just, I know every Broncos fan who was alive at the time and old enough to remember, it was such a sweet, sweet, sweet victory. And what made it all the sweeter, Zach, for Broncos fans, you, you were going against the defending world champion, Green Bay Packers, who at the time – you had Brett Favre. It was either year two or year three of winning the MVP in a row. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was the juggernaut Packers. Like nobody, I mean nobody. You think nobody expected the 2015 Broncos to be Cam Newton? We were that was Peyton Manning. There were people that were like, no, keep an eye on the Broncos. Nobody was picking the Broncos to win in '97. When it happened, it was like the sky came tumbling down in the best sense, like in a positive way. So for me, that's always going to be that team, unique. Mike Shanahan, the classic coach. Of course, Kubiak was the OC, and you name it. I mean, almost all but one. Is it all but one? Yeah, all but one 
no, all but two of the Broncos' current Hall of Fame representation were on that team or a part of that world championship. So I got to say 97, Zach. Yeah, the 97, 98 teams, I think, were more iconic, Chad. They go down in NFL lore for the plays and the comebacks and the, and the triumphant victory, as you mentioned. But for me, 2015, there's something about the underdog story, how, how this team came out of nowhere that year. They had a sagging Peyton Manning. They had a Brock Osweiler come in. And that defense, that defense was one for the record books. They were smothering. Even before I covered the Broncos, I was in awe of watching that team play. They meet the Panthers. They get through every major AFC foe. They beat the Patriots, get to the Panthers. A 15 and 1 team, MVP quarterback. Nobody gave the Broncos a shot in hell to win that game. And they did not just win that game, Shad. They dominated, dominated Carolina from the opening whistle. Von Miller's performance against Cam Newton in that Super Bowl is one of the most iconic defensive performances I have seen in any game. And it sort of solidified his legend not only in Denver, but for the sport of football. So for me, the 2015 team, I love underdog stories. I love teams that are yeah. counted out. That's why I let them hate. It's a hashtag now. So 15, great team, great memories. Love it. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. As much as... Honey, Jane just told me how much she paid for Bob's funeral. I was shocked. Don't worry, Susan. We have protection through Gerber Life Guaranteed Life Insurance, which helps with our final expenses. When did you do that? I don't remember taking a medical exam. That's because we didn't. Coverage is guaranteed, regardless of health. I have to tell Carol about this. Tell her to text INSURE to 30555 to get a free personalized quote instantly. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. I loved hearing Pat Bolin stand up there and say, this one's for John. Very kind of like wrote, you know, like he had practiced it and knew exactly. That was cool. And I mean, it was very euphoric moment, celebrating a lot, you know, just soaking it all in. But John Elway, think of the triumph this man felt, right? Pat had stepped down a year and a half prior because of the ravages of Alzheimer's. And Pat had provided almost, I mean, were it not for Pat Bowen bankrolling John Elway's whole career in life, who knows? I mean, and he was a father figure to him, and he was he gave him the job as the front office guy. The level of human triumph for John Elway as a front office are to slap a team together and bring home the world championship and then to stand up there and say, this one's for Pat. To me, it's the most – like I put it up there higher, even though 97 is – that team is to me is more meaningful. That moment where he said, this one's for Pat, Pat and, and just put the trophy in the air – raised it up there. That's the most iconic moment in my book, in the history of the Denver Broncos. There are some great plays, the helicopter, you know, Atwater truck in the, in the Nigerian nightmare, Christian Okoye. 
Terrell Davis and the two. I mean, there are some iconic moments, Peyton Manning's 2013 season and iconic periods. But Zach, that moment, I mean, it was just something I will never, ever forget. I mean, it was vindication for Elway. It's one thing to win a title, Chad, but again, to beat a team like the Carolina Panthers and beat them handily. I mean, the, the exasperation, what he let out, that battle cry, this one's for Pat. I agree. It's goosebump inducing, and it will always be remembered in the memories of Broncos fans. And that's why, for me, Chad, that whole game from start to finish, that whole yeah. team, 15, is just my favorite. And the emotion in Elway's voice right. and on his face, like you could tell – this was – if the cameras aren't on him and the spotlight's not on him and he's, you know, the scrutiny of the entire world is not laser-focused on Elway in that moment, I wouldn't be surprised if he breaks down in tears or even later that night goes home and just, like, weeps because of how sure. happy he is to be able to yeah. give that to Pat. And you that comes through, man, in, the, in those, those – what is it, four words? This one's for Pat. Yeah, four words. So, anyway, Glenn, very uh, very funny joke, my dog. All right. <laughs> Duke jumping in with a question. Appreciate you, my friend. As always, you know that. He says, my question is, are the players going to be required to wear masks? No. I don't think a face mask on a helmet counts, LOL. So not on the field, they're not going to be uh, required to wear masks. But I believe mm, it's my understanding that in team meetings and whatnot, they're going to be masked up. Because in that video with uh, – with Chubb where they follow him around through his whole check-in and his nasal swab. And you get to see all the upgrades they've made. Everyone he comes into contact with from the team employee perspective and personnel guys, they're all masked. So my guess is, and and by the way, you saw them getting out of their, their cars today. The players that did show up to report, they all, as they're getting out, they put on their mask to go in. So they've been told they need to mask up before they come in. So my guess is when they're in meetings, you know, they're going to be required to wear masks, but how effective that's going to be, I don't know, because then you get out on the grass and you sweat all over each other and, you know, contact sport after all. I don't know how much wearing masks inside the building, as far as the players are concerned, is really going to make a difference. I don't know if I if if what I saw was the, uh, you know, factual, but I, I think that they're going to have face shield coverings in the NFL and it's encouraged but not required. It's not mandatory. So some players can – it's not necessarily a mask. It's more like a, a full – face shield so there's no openings in their helmet at all that's what they're going to be encouraged to wear on the field if i read that correctly it was a tweet i saw earlier from an nfl high-ranking employee so it's gonna be encouraged not required hard to play a game world-class athletes they can't breathe properly especially in denver so we'll have to see how that plays out there's so many uncertainties chad still and what's going to go on on the field this season no doubt terry up north of the 49th parallel in Canada, proving, as always, that Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being, baby, right. and we are the UN of Broncos country. Got to give credit to Eclipse for coming up with that. He says, any thoughts on the salary cap debate going on? Do it now or spread it out? So if you missed it, what Terry's talking about is the players, because there is going to be a revenue shortage this year. They're expected to be projected around $4 billion loss. I shouldn't say loss. That's not accurate. $4 billion revenue shortfall this year. So instead of uh, bringing in $16 billion this year because of ticket sales and other things, uh, fans in the stands being significantly curtailed, if not eliminated for some teams, um, they expect it to be $4 billion less that the NFL is going to bring in revenue-wise. So naturally, the salary cap is going to be affected in 2021. In years past, Zach, basically for the last, I mean, as long as I can remember, the salary cap 
has grown each year because it's informed and based on the previous year's revenue by about a 10% clip. This year, it's definitely not going to be able to grow. There's not going to be the revenue to allow it to grow in terms of salary cap. And if anything, NFL uh, t- owners, excuse me, they're going to have to come. They know it's going to come down. What the players are saying right now is they're like, look, whatever the hit is this year, by the time we get to 2021 football, odds are there's going to be a vaccine and we're going to be back to business as usual and we don't have to worry about these things. So instead of it all hitting the whatever the ramification financially is from this year's shortfall, instead of it all hitting next year's cap, spread it out over the ensuing 10 years. So it's smaller. It's not as going to affect player contracts and the money that gets handed out in free agency as much. So my thoughts on that, Zach, is I don't know why the play, the owners are dragging their feet on that. To me, it's a very common sense solution if you want to kind of keep the momentum for, for the players and, and the, the league has established in recent history. Uh, more negotiating and more proof that this is all nothing more than money. That's what it comes down to. This is all discussions over money for players, for coaches, for teams, for for everything. Uh, the way I understand it is the NFL owners and teams want the salary cap to be reduced in 2020 and 2021, whereas the union and the players want that to be, like Chad mentioned, stretched out over the course of many years. If they go with the former option, it's going to lead to a lot of releases of veteran players. It's going to lead to biblical types of transactions, cut releases, trades, what have you. I don't know how it's going to work out. They have to meet in the middle somewhere. There's going to be a loss. It's not going to be a flat cap in 2021. It's going to be down. It's just a matter of how much lower can it go, and will that be the only year it's going to happen, or will it happen in 2022, 23, 24? But if it's limited these two seasons, got to give more credit again to Patrick Mahomes. His deal isn't going to affect until 2022, and it's tied to the NFL salary caps rising. Just a little appropriate said nothing. But, you know, the NFL teams have a dog in this fight, too, in terms of a vested interest because, I mean, $16 billion minus $4 billion, that's a 25%, unless my math is wrong, uh, drop. So if the salary cap goes down by 25% from just over 200, it's like 210 or something, right? I mean, you're talking about a $50 million shortfall uh, on, the, on the salary cap. Suddenly, teams only have $150 million to spend on the cap next year. Some, As Zach said, some extremely – and they're and they're and they're committed to contracts that are well over 150 million. Right. Cuts, cuts, cuts. If they're going to, you know, maintain that that requirement and competitive discipline, to you, you're not allowed to be over the cap. So NFL teams, for their own sake, I think Zach should should be more than open and willing to to doing that. Um, appreciate you, my friend. And then James here says Terry talking about his question here. I'd rather the they spread the cut over five seasons, not ten. Not for 2020. Rosters are basically finalized, and it would have some shocking veteran cuts if they were to incorporate it now. Agreed 100%. Uh, I mean, agreed on the – I'm okay with it going over 10 years because you're – I do think by the time you get to 2021, Zach, this whole thing is going to be in the rear view. Not only are therapeutics and hospitals and doctors able to treat the word that shall go unnamed far more efficiently and effectively today than they were in March – Imagine how much more advanced even that's going to be by the time you get to next fall. And that's in a worst case scenario if there is no vaccine. I do think that all the time point to something being available actually in the calendar year of 2020, which once that's available, I mean, the federal government just gave billions of dollars to a uh, in, in a contract to I can't remember which pharmaceutical company. Pfizer. Thank you. But to, to secure many hundreds of millions of vaccines 
if, when, if slash when that vaccine actually comes through and it passes through the trials and it's approved for use. So I think I'd rather, if you can avoid it being apocalyptic in, in 2021 in terms of the cap and whatnot, why wouldn't you try and avoid that? You know? And those vaccines would be free for all Americans, just a little aside. And second of all, the NFL, I, maybe the NFL, the union can come to terms and maybe re- allow teams to go over the salary cap for 2021 only, have some a little wiggle room in place and make some allowances for the salary cap. I don't know how it's going to shake out, but it all comes down to money. This is not to keep the players safe, not to keep the fans safe. It's to preserve as much money for the owners, the coaches, and the players. It all comes down to business. Amen to that. All right, let's see what else we got here. Um, bear with me one sec. We got Ron Dub checking in. Good to see you, my friend. Bonafide you, superstar in the community. He says, hey, guys, nice hype video. Talking about Judy's hype video. What stat line and qualities would it take for Judy to be the offensive rookie of the year? And how about his first Pro Bowl nod? It's going to be tough. Zach, to not let's, – let's just take the feasibility aspect or how likely it is. What would it take? I think in order for Judy to be in the running for offensive rookie of the year, he's going to have to be a thousand yard receiver At least, and yeah. a touchdown highlight machine, very on the front of people's minds in terms of on Sports Center every Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night. I mean, constantly in the face of people. And the same goes for the Pro Bowl nod. When you're a first round pick, unless your name is Bradley Chubb, that usually makes a big difference in terms of you know perception in the amongst your peers in terms of when if you're doing well and you're producing comes time for the pro bowl voting, you're on the front of their minds. They're going to oh, first rounder. Yep. And the production lines up. I'm gonna go ahead and vote for Jerry Judy. Chubb didn't get the benefit of that for whatever reason in 2018. I'm still trying to understand it because he had 12 sacks and, you know, I wouldn't say he was dominant, but he had a historically from a production perspective, rookie campaign and even set a franchise record for rookie sacks. But I think you got to get over a thousand. And for what it's worth, the over under on Judy, it's 840 something in terms of yards right now. And I think the touchdown over under, I could Google that. But what's your answer for Ron? He's got to play on a winning team, too. If he's a 1,200 yard guy and and the Broncos are a seven win team, no one's going to care about him. I mean, it's going to be tough to win it regardless because Joe Burrow is the presumptive favorite. He's the quarterback, just like Kyler Murray won it last year. But if he's a 1,200, 1,300 yard guy, and even if he eclipses Cortland Sutton and the Broncos are a playoff team, a third 10, 11 win team, they will put him right in the running for that title. I just don't know in reality how feasible that is because you have Sutton, you have Hamler, you have many mouths to feed, you have a still raw quarterback, and we don't know how the Broncos are going to be, you know, 100% of the way. We can guess and we can make proclamations, but we don't know for sure. If they're a winning team and they're surging and Jerry Judy is just bawling like Chad said, he will be in the running. But it's going to take an enormous effort for him not to, you know, for him to get it over Joe Burrow or some of the other players in this draft class. Yeah, quarterbacks are naturally favored, you know, uh, in the in when it comes to offensive rookie of the year considerations. But according to SI Gambling, the over under on Jerry Judy touchdowns as a rookie is five and a half, and I'm going to take the over on that just barely. I think he's going to get somewhere between six to eight touchdowns, yeah. but it probably would take more than that plus the thousand yards to put him in the running for the Pro Bowl or offensive rookie of the year. But as Zach said, you know, when it comes down to individual accolades, it really does start with team success. When the team success is there, individuals are going to reap the benefits and the accolades are going to come. So focus if we if we hope and focus on that first, which we all do, everyone wants the Broncos to 
to succeed this year. I think the good things will come because if the Broncos do succeed this year, Zach, odds are Jerry Judy's probably going to have a, a big role right. at least in whatever the offensive success is. But is it going to be bigger than Cortland Sutton? And that's where, you know, Sutton's an established, bona fide wide receiver one. Jerry Judy right now is a high-end wide receiver two. He has a long ways to go. Pro Bowl, Chad, regardless of the Broncos' record, that could be more feasible than Offensive Rookie of the Year. It would take a lot of stars aligning for that to happen. I'm a big Jerry Judy fan. We've got Chris Hernandez jumping in, bona fide superstar. Just every time he's in the stream, showing love. Extremely, extremely yeah. generous. Thank, Thank you, Chris. We love you, bro. He says, missed the show yesterday because I was driving to L.A., and now I'm driving back from there. Awesome show last night, and look forward to hearing this one later. Much love to the MHH fam. Hashtag click those little thumbs up. Dude, this is another example, Zach, of um, a listener and a community member that can't necessarily be in the whole conversation live. They're going to listen after the fact. But he still goes out of his way to come in and support the show on a super chat that goes to the channel and, and feeds MHH on the YouTube side of things and yeah. just blows us away. Consistent, supportive, encouraging, Chris, you know, dedicated, you're everything in one. And it's every superstar, it's every person in this podcast. But Chris, thank you so, so much for your generosity. Okay, we're sitting here at 43 minutes. I'm going to grab one more super. And I know this is the mailbag. So any questions, any topics you want us to get to, put them in the chat. John will be keeping an eye out for those, but I want to get your thoughts on, a, on some of these questions. Um, training camp questions, Kevin G Zach, this is a name I don't recognize yeah. as, as a consistent super chatter. So thank you, Kevin, for becoming Welcome, a Kevin. superstar. Yeah. Appreciate you, bro. He says, what's up guys. Who do you think will win or is best suited for the kick returner? Honey, Jane just told me how much she paid for Bob's funeral. I was shocked. Don't worry, Susan. We have protection through Gerber Life Guaranteed Life Insurance, which helps with our final expenses. When did you do that? I don't remember taking a medical exam. That's because we didn't. Coverage is guaranteed, regardless of health. I have to tell Carol about this. Tell her to text INSURE to 30555 to get a free personalized quote instantly. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Punt returner duties. Seems like I haven't seen a return touchdown in years. You haven't, dude. You haven't seen a return touchdown since. Ooh, that's a good trivia. Was it Trendon? I want to say it was. I want to say Trendon Holiday is the last Bronco to return a kick or a punt for six in a regular season game. You mean right Isaiah on. McKenzie never did it, Chad? <laughs> right. <laughs> the six fumbles as a return. <laughs> six muffed fumbles. Um, muffed punts. Uh, someone fact-check me on that. If you know the answer, fact-check me on that. Was Trendon Holiday the last Bronco 
to return a kick or a punt for six in a game that counted, which speaks to Kevin's point, though, you know, hasn't seen a return TD in years. To the to the point, though, I think, you know, look, KJ Hamler makes a lot of sense for that job. And if you really want to swing for the fences, if you're the Broncos, that's who you put back there <clears throat> because he is a human joystick in the truest sense. Only he's a much more uh, like Isaiah McKenzie. Don't get me wrong. He was very talented and he was called the human joystick for what it's worth. But he wasn't as smooth of an athlete or as consistent and, pro- and prolific as KJ Hamler was coming into the league. I'd love to see KJ Hamler back there, but if I had to make a bet right now, I'm not a betting man, but if I did put a wager on it, Zach, don't say it. <laughs> Spencer. I mean, I want to avoid carrying six wide receivers only for the case, only for the sake of he's our returner. I want that spot to go to someone who's going to contribute uh, more on defense or offense. So, but I still think it's going to end up being Deontay Spencer. If we have to think about it, though, and we don't know the answer at the top of our heads, that, that's a point in itself. It's been too long since the Broncos had a special team's touchdown. Spencer came close to breaking a few last year on punt returns. He was pretty electric. But I don't spend a second-round pick on a Tyreek Hill-level fast wide receiver and then not have him play multiple spots. Put Philip Lindsay kick returner. You can make multiple options back there and not have to rely on, on rostering one player for one specific purpose. I'm not carrying Spencer for one role, that he's not exactly Dante Hall. He's not exactly Devin Hester. He's a good guy, but it's it's relative to what we've seen from Isaiah McKenzie and the Carlos Hendersons, the Devontae Bookers. It's all relative. He looked good last year because the Broncos had such crap before him. So I'm not carrying Spencer. It's not my call, obviously, but I'm I'm making Hamler earn that role. He was a second-round pick. He's not going to be asked to be a starting receiver on the outside initially. Make him earn his money. Pull double duty and contribute on special teams. Learn how to field punts. But as long as Tom McManshad is, is calling the shots there, all bets are off. By the way, real quick, Dennis, appreciate you, my friend. <clears throat> He's jumping in on Super Chat to say, I can still hear Dave Logan's call. Oh, baby, we're going to win this thing. Hashtag state of being, hashtag Denver Broncos yeah. for life. I know, dude. It's like it really was just unreal. It was hard to believe because so so many times Broncos country had gotten to the pinnacle but couldn't quite get over the hump, and it finally happened. All right, Zach, I want to get your thoughts. <clears throat> Any questions, guys? Any topics? Get them in the chat stream. We're not done with the chat. It is the Mile High Mailbag. But I want to get your thoughts on some of these questions. These, to me, are the 10 questions – needing answered by the Broncos that are that are nagging at me, okay? And each one has, in terms of its importance to the team, you know, you can rank them. But here's what, to me, are the 10 questions this team has to answer. And, Zach, unfortunately, unlike a traditional year, we start getting some of the answers by the time you get to the preseason. You start seeing how things are shaking out and coming out in the wash on the grass. We're not going to be able to get those answers in their fullness until the regular season rolls around which kicks off for the Broncos September 14th against the Tennessee Titans. So number one for me, though, on the doorstep of Broncos camp, number one question is, will this offense have time to gel? With the entire offseason training program next, you know, you think, well, that's the case for all 32 teams. They're all on equal footing in that sense. And you're not completely wrong, but you're not completely right if that's your perspective because the teams that either have a new offensive or defensive coordinator and or a young or new quarterback – going to affect them, Zach, more inordinately, right? They're going to be slightly more affected by the fact that there was no OTA, uh, no mini camps, no anything. 
than the teams that you know have continuity at offensive coordinator and quarterback, especially. In the Broncos' case, you got Pat Shermer coming in. With him is is coming Mike Shula to coach the quarterbacks to coach Drew Locke. And you got Drew Locke entering year two. Now, I happen to think that he's going to shine in, in Shermer's scheme. What I worry about is that they're going to have enough time to fully assimilate this thing and get on the same page to where they would normally in a normal year so that by the time week one rolls around, they are firing on all cylinders. But what's your outlook on this question? I'm with you on that. I mean, I'm not panicking. I've been preaching kind of calmness about the the chemistry and continuity aspect. They're in good hands with their coaching staff, Chad. But you look at what's really the case and what the truth is. They have a first-year full-time starting quarterback, and they have new personnel at literally every spot on offense, offensive line, wide receiver, tight end, running back. You would like to have a normal offseason to get these guys in the same building, on the same field, in front of their coaching staff, and get the playbook down. A lot of moving parts, a lot of young players, a lot of different kinds of talent and skill sets. I'm with you on that. They need to have some time to gel. It is a pressing question and a burning question to me. I'm right there with you. All right, number two. And by the way, thank you, William. Appreciate the love. We want to always shout out our Facebook audience, which is vast. I mean, there's we're up to 87-something followers on Facebook, so we love each and every one of you. But, Zach, here's number two. Can Shermer and Shula, this kind of ties into one, um, hit it off with luck. Now, it's one thing to learn a system that you are being handed by a coach, right? Whether you jive with that coach or not, your job is to learn the system, know the play calls, master your responsibilities therein. But in the case of a quarterback, you really have to be able to gel with your coaches. And I don't mean just be a good fit for their scheme, but personality-wise, teaching you know the student-teacher um dynamic and the way that works. So this is going to be the first time this coming week will be the first time Shermer and Shula will get hands on Drew Luck. They've been in contact with him. They've been talking to him on the phone. They've been doing Zoom meetings, texting back and forth, emails. Shermer talked about how impressed he's been with Drew Locke's football acumen, his dedication to the game. He, he eats, sleeps, breathes football. And that's been very encouraging for him to see. But I wonder if they're going to have enough time to really gel the way they need to, as I talked about in point one, but number two, really get on the same page and and fit with his two most important coaches at this point, his OC and his quarterbacks coach. I'm not too worried about this one, honestly. If this was Rich Scangarello as the coach or Paxton Lynch as the quarterback, it, it would give me cause for concern. But you have Drew Locke, who handled system after system after system at Missouri. You have Pat Shermer, who is a great offensive mind. He's a quarterback whisperer going down the line in his career, Chad, from Donovan, Donovan McNabb to Eli Manning and everyone in between. Uh, he's been great with quarterbacks. And, and Shula has the bloodlines. So if there's going to be some... Uh, a weird offseason or a hitch in the offseason or a limited practice time, at least you have a quarterback who's uh, not resistant to change. You have a quarterback who's used to change, and you have a coaching staff who gets the most out of their quarterbacks. I'm not too worried about this one playing out. All right, let me grab number three here, and that is how does the cornerback pecking order take shape? I think it's fair to say that if Bryce Callahan indeed stays healthy and on the field, He and A.J. Bouye are the two guaranteed starters. And when I say starters, in today's game, you know, you got three corners on the field 80% of the time. So two of those three corners are are resolved, and if one of them can stay healthy, Bouye, Callahan. But what happens behind them? It's a who's who of young up-and-comers, completely unproven NFL corners. And honestly, the most proven guy is 
probably Devontae Bosby. And mm-hmm. he's got two real NFL games under his belt, two and a half. So how is this pecking order going to take shape? Who's going to really lock down that number two boundary corner slot? Uh, spot, I should say. I don't want to confuse it with the slot. But Callahan's going to be the slot. Who's going to lock down that number two? Because I think you're going to see when it's base, Callahan's going to play that boundary spot like Chris Harris used to. And then when it's you know sub package or they run three wide, they'll kick him inside. Who's going to come in then at that point and be that other boundary corner opposite of Bouye? Zach, if I had to put a, a wager on it at this point, I got my money on Devontae Bosby. Yep. It wouldn't surprise me if it ends up being uh, the rookie, Michael Ojemudia. I'd be uh, a little wary if that was Ojemudia, Chad. The Broncos' pass defense would be in kind of tenuous hands if he won out that second cornerback spot. I'm with you. I, I love Bosby, what I saw last year, but he's coming off a neck injury. A.J. Boye isn't the same player as he was a couple years ago. Bryce Callahan, as we all know, is coming off an injury. If you're going to rely on the Aseng Bassies of the world, that's not a good position to be in. This is why we've been screaming for the Broncos for months now to sign a veteran cornerback. Prince Amukamara was there for the taking on a silver platter, and the Broncos turn the nose about him. I don't understand that. I am completely in agreement with you. It still scares me, the depth back there. One injury away from having Isaac Yadam start at, at outside cornerback. It is terrifying to me, Chad. Yeah. Our friend, a six foot ten Mexican, Adan, is I pronounced your name correctly? If I didn't, I'm sorry, bro. But uh, jumping in on Super Chat, appreciate you, my friend. You. Check out his podcast, uh, Bronco yep. Talk. He's an up-and-comer trying to make a name for himself. Check him out. He says, this isn't a huge Zach Mundungus or Stu Super Chat, but glad I can help promote the show any way I can. You guys rock. Hashtag glad my team has a name. Hashtag <laughs> Kelderman CFO. That's a good point. It doesn't have anything to do with the Broncos, but the team known as Washington, they haven't come up with a name yet that they want to use. So they're, they, they announced today they're just going to be called the Washington football team for the foreseeable future. Like there's no – imminent new name coming in. That's it for now. Yeah, it's uh, no comment on that. But Adon, you've been so supportive on Twitter and so encouraging. We appreciate you. And uh, if I ever get my opportunity to be a CFO of the Broncos, I will not let you down. Promise you. You know he'll crush it. Uh, Yeah, he says, if my podcast ever takes off big, I'll for sure request your services. (laughs) You got it. I think he's talking in that case. Oh, gotcha. I think he's talking about uh, Zach's web design. But, you know, Zach is – He's a man of many talents. And there here's Zach. You're right. There you go. Said, yeah, six foot ten. I'll definitely help you, bro. All right. And also, Zach, I hope you saw that message from Mundungus. If he could use some website services. That's what I'm talking about. It's a community. Let's network. Let's help each other where and when we can. Yeah. All right. Zach, here's the next one. We'll get to your questions. I promise you. Get them in there. Uh, number four. We'll move these, through these a little bit more rapidly. Who emerges as the third wide receiver? So to me, Zach people are going to try and throw Tim Patrick into this equation. He doesn't really factor in. It's Deshaun Hamilton or it's KJ Hamler. Who do you got winning out day one? I mean, if, if KJ Hamler, if a second round pick can't beat out a fourth round pick, Chad, with his skill set, you have a problem there. I mean, the Broncos drafted him to be the long-term wide receiver three, the slot guy, the Deshaun Jackson, Tyree Kill type, and you have two beastly outside receivers. I'm not the biggest Deshaun Hamilton fan. Maybe that's the bias of me creeping in here. I, I haven't seen much from him that would, you know, blow me away. He's have drop issues. He's not the fastest guy, not the strongest guy, not the tallest guy. Decent slot receiver, but not anything more than a jag to me. So it should be Hamler for the long term. But the key word there is should. 
Amen. All bets are off when it comes to rookies. It's easy to get our expectations really high because they're highly drafted and they're new and there's the novelty and the excitement, but there's no accounting for rookies, how they're going to actually handle the NFL and make the jump. It's as evidenced by the long laundry list of premium round busts in the NFL that flame out each and every year. And I'm not saying that's what Hamler is. Don't get me wrong, but there's just no predicting exactly how that's going to shake out. But I concur with you. I do think because of that, you're going to see Hamilton probably open up the season as the number three, but it will be a short matter of time before Hamler overtakes him this season. All right, number five, who takes control of the center position? Zach, before the draft, Patrick Morris was kind of penciled in and pegged as the Broncos' future starter. That changed when Lloyd Cushenberry came in as the third-round pick, and he's a very talented and accomplished center, basically a quintessential Mike Munchak center how do you see this shaking out? Is it just a matter of course that Cushenberry is going to emerge on top yeah. or are we sleeping a little bit? I mean, nothing's ever a certainty in the NFL. He was a third round pick, though, comes from a big LSU program. He has all of the traits that Munchak would love. If he's not the starting center, again, there's a problem there. I mean, you can theoretically factor in Dalton Reisner playing center, but he's good at left guard. So it's if it's Lloyd Cushenberry versus Patrick Morris, you have to you better hope that Cushenberry wins the job. It will be tilted in his favor, but nothing handed to him. He should win out and take hold of that pivot position, and he should be the guy, Chad, the Broncos don't get rid of after they got rid of Matt Paradis and Connor McGovern. All right, let's grab Mike Evans real quick, jumping in with a question on Super Chat, Bonafide Superstar. Love you, buddy. By the way, I don't know if you saw my reply email. He, You got your swag that we sent out. We want to see you in that. We want a selfie, dude. We want to be able to shout you out on Instagram, shout you out on Twitter. Hook us up if you want to. If you don't want to, so you know that's all good. But if you're comfortable with it, shoot it over to us, a selfie in the gear. We'd love to, to shout you out. He says, do we think Cortland Sutton will see much double coverage? Last year, Zach, that, I mean, basically from the end of, well, I shouldn't say that because Sanders was on the roster the open last season. But let's just say from the time Sanders was dealt up until the end of the season, that was the book on the Broncos shut down Cortland Sutton, double cover him and pretty much smothered the passing offense for the Denver Broncos. What's your answer for Mike Evans? Now that you've got Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler and, you know, Noah fan expected to take a step forward in year two. God, I mean, it went just beyond double coverage and bracket coverage last year. They were molesting him on the field, Chad. I have a video on my YouTube where he makes a one-handed catch in the end zone against the Chargers, and he's being just yanked and pulled and and interfered with, and he still made the catch. He will get double coverage to start out the season until the Broncos prove they have a secondary guy who can burn the defense. Because for now, Jerry Judy's unproven, Hamler's unproven, Fant's unproven. But if one of those guys steps up and takes hold and starts making plays, then you cannot double cover Cortland Sutton. But until that time comes, Chad, he's still going to get the same coverage. And guess what? He's still going to beat it. He's an 80-20 guy, not a 50-50 guy. And it's only a matter of time, dude. I mean, you've seen the routes. Jerry Judy, he's going to command attention. So you're going to see a lot more one-on-ones. It might take a uh, – I mean, I honestly don't think it'll take more than a half of the week one for defensive coordinators to go, uh-oh, we can't cheat and double cover Sutton on every passing snap. Um, but it's going to be fun to see how it shakes out. We got Mundungus jumping back wow, in on Super Chat. Just so generous, man. He says, outside of Burrow – who do you think has a bigger chance at rookie of the year over Jerry Judy? I just don't see anyone else having the production on any other team that Judy could have with Denver. You know who I'm thinking about, Zach? CeeDee Lamb yep. in Dallas. 
But what would your answer be for Mundungus? That would be my answer as a possibility, though I'm not sure he would have a better necessarily about equal odds, honestly, is Judy. Yeah, I mean, the playing time factor, Judy is going to see more snaps because CeeDee Lamb's buried behind Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. He'll play some slot. They have a lot of weapons there, including Zeke, including Blake Jarwin, their tight end. I was going to say Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I mean, he's a starting mm. running back for the reigning world champions. He's going to be such a weapon in Andy Reid offense. That's one guy who's going to have the production. I don't know if it's going to be enough to win O'Roy, but he's going to get a lot of touchdowns and a lot of yards this season. All right, let me get to this number six question real quick. How will the new uh, veteran faces fit on defense? We've already touched on Bouye, but really what this is about is Jarrell Casey. Now, I'm of the opinion that Casey is going to be a home run for this team in terms of just another one of Elway's – you can't quite call it a free agency move because he was a trade, but veteran market type move. I think he's going to do very well in Vic Fangio's defense. Hopefully he hits it off with Bill Kolar. There is a little bit of a risk for personality clashes. Not everyone gets along with Kolar and his style. However, I think it's going to crush, but you just never know for sure because when it comes to veteran transplants who succeeded in one city with one group of coaches and one staff, sometimes when they transplant to the new, all bets are off in terms of them just picking up where they left off. Yeah, I mean, all all things being equal, he should be a major factor in the Broncos' defense. I don't know about Pro Bowl. He's a reigning five-time Pro Bowler, but he's going to be just a monster in the middle, and they're going to—he's going to give the Broncos something they haven't had yet in in since what Malik Jackson, Malik, an interior pocket pusher, and that's going to help Bradley Chubb and Von Miller out. I don't know again if it's going to be an All-Star type season, but he's going to do a lot of the dirty work for Von and Chubb to eat this year. I mean, Derek Wolf was that last year. That's one of the reasons why I don't understand why they didn't make a bigger push to keep him here because he proved to be that pocket pusher for, in Fangio's scheme last year. He was a perfect fit, but ne- but you're not wrong. I mean, at bottom, the last time it was a proven guy you could count on, it was, it was Malik. So I'm with you on that. All right, number seven, how will the team divvy out running back reps? So here's the problem, Zach. That's a good Broncos, one. Yeah, look, you got Gordon coming in. Even though Philip Lindsay's back-to-back thousand-yard rusher, he's the incumbent. It's his team. It's his teammates. And Gordon's a new guy. He's going to be highly motivated to justify his new contract. We already know he's super sensitive about it, right? <laughs> At the same time, the Broncos are going to expect Gordon to justify that money, that sixteen million bucks, which could see the competition for that running back one spot be kind of greased in Gordon's favor. I hope it doesn't happen that way. I hope the team allows this to be a truly fair fight. Yeah, But if that's the way it shakes out, I'm still not going to count Lindsey out as the guy that emerges on top because he's just, he's just not a guy it's ever wise to bet against. But I'm really curious to see, and this is an answer we won't have till the regular season, to be honest with you, but how those, those running back reps get divvied up between those two potent running backs. You know what I really hate, Chad, that coordinators do is they script the first 15, 20 plays of the game and they have a preconceived notion of how they're going to go into a game and attack an opponent. I I don't want that to be the case with Melvin Gordon. I don't want him to be the RB1 because of his contract or because he's a veteran and because the Broncos think he's better. They should ride the hot hand. No matter who that's going to be, even if it's Royce Freeman, even if it's Bellamy, ride the hot hand in that backfield. Lindsey will make plays this year, but the the money they gave Melvin Gordon, making him the seventh highest paid running back, it, it seems to me they're going to shoehorn him in there and, and make him be the guy. And the last time we saw that was Joe Flacco last year. So they can't mm-hmm. go with that type of mentality. They have to truly play the best player, regardless of money, regardless of contract, whoever is doing the best for the Broncos offense. And more often than not, Chad, it's going to be number 30. Yeah. I agree. 
Number eight, we've already talked about <clears throat> on tonight's podcast, which is who emerges as the punt and kick returning. You guys know our thoughts on that. Uh, number nine is how will the tight end log jam resolve? Jeff Hireman, Jake Butt, Troy Fumagalli, Noah Fant, Albert O, these five guys, what they have in common, they were all Bronco draft picks in the last five, six seasons. Right, So that they're going to have some tough decisions to make as a franchise. We know that Noah Fant and Albert O, they're guaranteed a roster spot. There's a good chance Nick Vanette is also guaranteed a roster spot by virtue of the guaranteed money on his deal. So if the Broncos end up carrying four tight ends this year, which they might, really there's only one spot that's actually up for grabs amongst the likes of uh, Butt, Fumagalli, then you throw in Andrew Beck, you throw in, uh, what's the kid from Wyoming, uh, Austin Fort. So how is this going to resolve? I'm really curious to see how it shakes out. Here's how it resolves. Bye-bye, Jeff Hireman. Bye-bye, Jake <laughs> Butt. Bye-bye, Troy Fumagalli. You're going to keep four on the roster. You keep Becky, plays fullback and tight end. You have Van Ed as the blocker, which I'm not crazy about. You're not either, Chad. You have uh, Alberto, who you just drafted, and you have Noah Fant. Those are your four right there. Every other guy is a jag, and, and see ya. Enjoy your pink slip. All right, number 10 we've also already touched on tonight, which is can players maintain social responsibility and, and prioritize safety in terms of, you know, um, withstanding the temptation to go out and hit the town. It's going to be hard to do those of us who are men and even women too, like going out when you're single and on the town trying to meet people and whatnot. It's going to be very difficult to suppress that temptation, but they really have to be able to do it this year. But those are the 10 questions that really are on my mind for the Broncos in a very condensed, shortened uh, presentation. And Zach, I was dying to get your thoughts on each one of those points. So now that we're six minutes over the one hour mark, let us see what else is in the chat stream. We got KP. By the way, your hat, I'm sorry but on the delay. It did officially. It officially went out today. The orange hat, the last of its kind, it is a unicorn. It's headed <laughs> in your direction officially. Send it out to you, my friend. So I'm guessing you should see that uh, middle of next week, maybe sooner. But anyway, thank you for your generosity and your contributions to the community. As always, KP, he says, uh, Eclipse, you killed it. Last night, my brother, hashtag love. Say, dude, so it's all love. It's all support. And I'm sure he appreciates hearing that from you. KP, appreciate you, brother. Um, all right, let me see what else we've got here. We are running a little bit long. John, I don't know. Chase Young as, as rookie defensive. of the year on yeah. the defensive side. Probably. I mean, probably. For the Washington football team. <laughs> all right, guys. Let me see if there's any other uh, pressing questions here, and then we'll get out of here for tonight. Let me see here. Bear with me one second. I think we, uh, I think we got. I know we got all the supers. Let's see if there's any other pressing questions. A lot of good conversation going on in the chat stream, but um, Jody wants to know why is Wade Phillips still unemployed? Good question. He, I, I'll tell you why. I guarantee you he wants more money than some t- most teams are willing to pay him right now that are in the hunt or looking for a DC. You got to remember when the Broncos hired him in 2015, he was their second choice after Vance Joseph for defensive coordinator under Gary Kubiak since he blocked him. So Joseph was removed from the equation and Wade was just languishing out there on the unemployment line, basically. And Kubiak who they had worked together previously in Houston He's like, hey, I got the perfect guy. Bring him in as kind of like save the day at the last second, bridge the gap type thing, and it worked out really well. And he was able to capture lightning in a bottle, put all the pieces together, really help the Broncos win that Super Bowl. And coming out of that, I mean, 
Broncos defense were considered to be the B's knees, Zach. And so he was able to command some serious cheddar. But his defense in L.A., even though they had some serious talent there, they got to the Super Bowl and whatnot. And actually, you know what? Wade Phillips, he dang near came close to duplicating what he did in that Super Bowl against Bill Belichick. I mean, they smothered that defense, pretty much smothered Tom Brady. Thanks, Jared. Yeah, thanks, Jared. But anyway, I think he's just asking for too much money, to be honest with you. And he's at a point in his career where he's seen it all, done it all. He's been to the top of the mountain. He got that ring. Uh, And, man, I wish his father, Bum Phillips, would have been alive to see that. But he got the ring. So he can afford to, at this age, he's in his 60s, he can afford to be uh, choosy about where he lands. See, that was my thing. I I was wondering, and this is just tinfoil hat speculation, but he's actually 73. I just looked it up. And I'm wondering, with CV going around, 73. So I'm wondering, maybe teams don't want to take him on because he's high risk or he has a a pre-existing condition. That's a good point. That's a good point. That's something that just went through my mind. But yeah, he he has a very high opinion of himself, and rightfully so. He's a very humble guy, um, a very funny guy, jokey kind of guy, but he's accomplished. And like Chad said, why should he settle for anything less? Why should he not hold out for the money he wants? Jadeveon Clowney's doing it right now. He wants $20 million a year, and he's not going to settle for $5 million. So why would Wade Phillips settle for $2 million bucks to play for the or to coach for the Bengals, let's say? He's going to hold out, and if he doesn't get it, I'll just I'll walk off to the sunset. Yeah, we'll see how we'll see how it shakes out. But he can afford to be that that chooser guy right now, and maybe he never takes another NFL job. We'll see. He's made a lot of money in his in his life, and he's seventy three, dude. Enjoy. I mean, I don't know. I know a lot of guys in that age bracket or approaching that age bracket rather that they don't ever want to retire because what are you going to do? Just sit around and stare at your wife all day. I love spending time with my wife. But you're going to be itching to do something and be Good productive. Answer. And you know, not everyone just wants to piddle around in the backyard or go yeah. play golf. Like people are truly fulfilled when they're actively engaged in in their whatever their passions and pursuits are. And in his case, maybe he wants to keep coaching, but you know, he can afford to to be very choosy at this point. All right, that's got to do it for tonight, you guys. Um, shout out to each and every one of you for joining us live. You know, by the time we come back Sunday night, it's going to literally be the doorstep of training camp getting started Monday. So we'll look forward to seeing what uh, what unfolds perhaps between now and then. Any news on the testing and stuff like that, we'll see how it shakes out. We got our fingers crossed that everyone's going to get the green light to show up on Monday who's tested yeah. today. Uh, but in the meantime, guys, make sure you are following the podcast on Twitter. You can see right there, at HuddleUpPod. Also follow at Mile High Huddle. You can find my partner, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL, myself, at Chad and Jensen. A reminder to support each other, and not just in the community in terms of friendship and connections, but, you know, if you got, like we're talking about, Zach Web Design, Mundungus' bookstore. If you got a brick-and-mortar business, shout it out to us. Let us know what it is. Let's all support each other and do the best we can to try and roll with the punches of what has been a really, really just crappy 2020 so far. Hopefully the Broncos can change the trajectory for Broncos fans at this point and, and give everyone some, something to really celebrate. Mm-hmm. We're all looking forward to the season because we can all escape and have a good time analyzing this and just enjoy the heck out of this team. But anyway, I'm rambling a little bit. Zach, have a great weekend, bro. You as well, and uh, we will have Hamler news by Sunday night, Chad. He will be signed by then. It's not so bold prediction. So we can at least talk about that, and then training camp's rolling around. Soon enough, it'll be September. We'll have football. 
All I can say is thank God. And to, to piggyback on what Chad was saying, support local businesses. And by the way, Zach's web design, if your site, your business, you know, where you, you know, curry uh, new, where you try and recruit new, new customers, if you have a website, reach out to me so I know what it is. And then we can start sharing it out there and let people know how to connect with you online. But guys, that'll do it for today. Thanks for joining us. Mile high salute to our super chat superstars who just continue to just move us and, and floor us. We're so grateful and lucky to have you guys. And it's just motivating. More than anything, it motivates Zach and I to keep showing up and continue to dig our heels in and roll up our sleeves and work hard to bring you the, you guys this content. Not only these podcasts, but all the written content and the videos. So thank you so much for what you guys do. Shout out to Buona Beast. Appreciate everything you do as well, my friend. And gang, have a great weekend and a safe weekend. And we'll see you Sunday. But don't forget, you got Dove Valley Deep Divers tomorrow night. Same time, 6 Mountain, 8 Eastern. And then you got Mile High Insiders Saturday night. Then Zach and I will be back. Sunday. So have a good weekend, Zach. Have a good weekend, John. And we'll talk to you guys on Sunday. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you then. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.